0: This is a headgum podcast.
1: Finale
0: live stream. That <laughs>. wasn't good.
1: That wasn't <laughs> good. Perfect.
0: It was amazing.
1: Lauren and I, ooh, baby, we are so excited to share that our newcomer season six finale will be a live stream event. We finally figured out what it was, and we're celebrating our journey through Gotham City on Thursday, March 28th at 5 p.m. Pacific time. Join us and very special guests
0: Taryn Killam and Bobby Moynihan for a fun and unforgettable Batman-themed improv show you won't want to miss.
1: Get your tickets now at moment.co slash newcomers. That's moment.co slash newcomers. And it'll be available for seven days following the live stream. So if you can't watch it live, get
0: your tickets anyway and watch it on your own time. We'll see you there. Yeah.
2: There's something magical about unboxing. When you unbox BritBox
3: Princess Vespa spaceship within range, sir.
1: Good.
4: What's going on? It's either the 4th of July, or someone's trying to kill us. Now we will show her who is in charge of this galaxy. If you do not give me the combination to the air shield, Dr. Schlotkin will give your daughter back her old nose.
3: Only one man and his trusted companion can save planet Druidia from disaster. Okay, Eagle 5, coming in. Own First, they must learn the secrets of yogurt. Yogurt? I am the keeper of a greater magic. The Force? No, the Schwartz. Avoid capture on a distant planet.
4: Tell them to comb the cold desert, you hear me? Comb the desert! found anything yet? We ain't found.
3: Battled the entire space ball army.
4: My hair. He shot my hair.
3: Holy. And escaped the clutches of dark helmet. I see your Schwartz is as big as mine. Abandon ship, proceed to escape pods. I don't what the hell's the matter with this sea fellow? When does this happen in the movie? Gimme bomb! Space Balls. Spaceballs. The movie. How do I know you're not making faces at me under that thing? And may the Schwartz be with you!
1: It's another episode of Newcomers. We've come to the end, thank God. <laughs> oh, thank God. We did it. We've consumed so much Star Wars to the point where, like, I'm upset about it, and we watched... What did we watch? We everything. Everything. We've seen everything. Um, I'm Lauren Lapkus. Oh, yes. I'm Nicole Byer, and I'm exhausted.
0: Me too. I. I, I mean, the amount of hours we've put in... But we have co- We are. We have been heading towards this moment. Yes. this is our most exciting episode. I have to say, I'm. Yes. I'm very, very excited about our guests today. Um, but yeah, we watched Spaceballs. It's our season finale, and so everyone's been saying from the start of this that we have to watch Spaceballs. Yes, like, we've been getting tweets nonstop. Um, that everyone's like, well, you'll like Spaceballs. Watch Spaceballs, and I mean, I have opinions on Spaceballs. I'm I saying- have opinions as well. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and if you don't know, Spaceball's is the nineteen eighty seven parody film, um kind of sending up Star Wars. Uh, and we're well, we have a little Hoth goss segment here. There is a mm-hmm. Bobbit Baby
1: Yoda, which to me is like, I love Bopet. I love Baby Yoda. But I'm not trying to bop Baby Yoda. I agree. I feel like this is kind of hard
0: to to play with, it looks like. It's, right? It looks like a Baby Yoda, but you're supposed to, like, what, pull its
1: arms and stuff? Like you would with the bop it? Yeah, I guess you pull his arms and its head, which is honestly teaching kids to be mean to aliens like what if a little alien comes down you're gonna bop it because that's what you've been doing
0: i would be so excited if baby yoda just walks down my driveway
1: (laughs) and i have to give a
0: little bit of a spoiler because nicole i sent you a present in the mail and i'm I'm, i don't want to tell you what it is but i just want everyone to know that something is coming to you
1: and i think you're gonna like it it's a Baby Yoda, I know it is It is, it is <laughs> Oh, then I gotta send you, did you buy yourself Baby Yoda? No, they only let you buy
0: one But I, I okay. was gonna make Mike buy it for me You don't have to buy it for me, I'm not No, I'm gonna it buy it you Baby so buy- Yoda
1: <laughs> It's only proper that I send you Baby Yoda Because you sent me Baby well, Yoda
0: that is exciting I mean, I, I'm just really excited for you to get it And I was gonna have it be a total surprise And then I thought, well, we're not gonna record again So you won't know that you're <laughs> getting it And, you know
1: so kind of I just get it. this baby out and I'm like who
0: did it who sent this and then you to just me? never talk to me ever again <laughs> <laughs> Should we introduce our guests? Yes. Um, Okay, we're very excited about our guests. Uh, One Mm -hmm. is an actress and improviser who is part of my uh, improv group, Wild Horses.
1: Yes. And the other is an actor-producer who voices Jar Jar Binks in the Star Wars series.
0: (laughs) And in Star Wars Jedi Temple Challenge, they play a Jedi and a droid hosting a game show, putting contestants through a series of obstacles in the attempt to gain the rank of Jedi Knight. Welcome to the show. Oh, we can't we know we can't no, say it in sync.
4: No. <laughs> we couldn't you clap it, in sorry. sync. You we
0: can't clap. We we certainly yeah. can't speak in sync. <laughs> no. Welcome to the show, Mary Holland and Ahmed Best. We're Thank
3: you for oh having God. us on the show.
0: Yes. Thank you. This is amazing. Mm-hmm. We're so excited to have you. I, I don't know if you know this, Ahmed, but Nicole's favorite character is Jar Darbings.
1: I it. love it. Jar Jar Binks and people people were so mean about Jar Jar but I was like Jar Jar is comedic relief Jar Jar is a a great well you are a very good physical comedian and I just Mm -hmm. I thought it was so much fun I agree we had so much fun watching
0: that movie when we finally got there because we there was a lot of build up to that since we had heard about that before Mm -hmm. Um, and we don't know much about we didn't know much about Star Wars going into this so anything we knew we were like holding on to Mm -hmm. but it was it was so fun it's like such a fun character yeah, so we were so excited that you agreed to do this.
3: Yeah, he's a good he's a good guy. Our Jar Jar, you know, he was always pointed at children. You know, he was always a kid's mm-hmm. character, and um, George really George Lucas really had this idea of being able to capture the minds and the and imaginations of kids when he came up with Jar Jar, and then um, you know that was the first time anyone had ever done a CGI live action character in movie history. So Wait, I, really? Yeah. We didn't yeah, know yeah, that. Yeah,
2: yeah. yeah. That's uh, I didn't cool. know that either. Yeah, wow. yeah,
3: that was before Lord of the Rings and and right. the Avengers and all that stuff. So Jar Jar was first and so it was it was a very huge collaborative experiment between me, George Lucas, Industrial Lights and Magic and Um, just like we were, there was a lot of days that we were just fighting science. Like it was really difficult Mm -hmm. to bring Jar Jar to life because all of these elements hadn't been tried before. So there was a lot of trial and error. There was a lot of error into error. And, (laughs) you know, we really, at the end of the day, we made it work. You know, George watched Jurassic Park or George co-produced Jurassic Park. And that's when he kind of had the idea that this character a character could live because the dinosaurs were so successful.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. And
3: yeah, and then he came up with this idea of Jar Jar and he was like the first CGI character in movie history.
1: That, that I'm blown so away cool. that more mm-hmm. people don't talk about that. I yeah. agree. And it makes
0: yeah. me more mad that people um, complained about it at the yes. time because you're like, wait, you've never even seen something like this. Yes. Yeah.
2: This is what amazing. You- <laughs> yeah.
3: Well, oh. you know, I kind of attribute it to me doing a good job because... <laughs> If <laughs> if you're mad at this character, that means you don't see me. You don't right? see like yes. you know all all the intricacies and in work. You actually believe what yeah. you are seeing on screen. So I thought Jar Jar was <laughs> extremely successful because of that. You know.
0: Yes, that's such a good point.
3: But there was a bit of an erasure of of the work and and um, especially my work. And you know, I, I often get forgotten about when we talk about this conversation of uh, actors being able to do this work. Mm -hmm. And what what really hasn't been talked about so much is the fact that the software for every CGI character from then to now is pretty much the same. And the script, the code for that software was written on me. So wow. I'm in wow. every CGI character from *Phantom Menace* to the present.
1: That's um, incredible! Oh, cool. <laughs> You're a living legend. Can you even? Yeah, That's kind of amazing. Like, I, I mean,
3: yeah, I mean it's crazy, but I really, really you know cool. the big deal about it was just like we we did something that had never been done before, and it really was a fun experience. It was an education, and it really. Made this idea of pioneering and taking a risk and taking a chance interwoven into who I am as a as an artist and a performer.
1: Wow! That's I have beautiful. a question. Yeah. Was it a hard learning curve for the other actors to interact with you? Since you, yeah, how did that go?
3: You know, at first it was challenging because you know Jar Jar was taller than me, mm-hmm. and so I was we wearing these like six. Some-
0: behind the scenes stuff a little yeah. bit. Yeah. So I
3: was wearing six inch lifts and I was wearing this like Jar Jar helmet. Yeah. Right? Where there's like this band that <laughs> looked like Georley LaForge from the forehead down. And then <laughs> Jar Jar was like sitting on top of my head. And so the eye line, everyone had to focus on this eye line, right? Mm-hmm. And imagine that Jar Jar was talking, you know, about six inches off the top of my head. But like my mouth is moving. So everybody would like do a lot yeah. of look down, look up, look down, look up, like, look down, look up. And I'm just like, I line, I like don't look at me, don't look at me. But um, what, what I felt was um, interesting about it for me as an actor was it felt a lot like not just like physical comedy, but also like puppeteering. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I had done a little puppeteering back in the day, um, but you know, with puppeteering, your hand is in the puppet and you have sticks mm-hmm. and everything like that. So I get to be the puppet and I I get to move as if like my head is my neck. So I was just thinking like, as far as like puppeteering goes, I was thinking like, all right, this is the neck part of the animal and this is the head part of the animal. And that influenced all my movement. And, you know, it's funny because Frank Oz who plays Yoda was on set uh, Phantom Menace and, you know, he did Yoda with the puppet. You know, and he was like underneath mm-hmm. the floor and they built a floor for him and he would walk. Her. And so there were like scenes where I walk out that's as crazy. Jar Jar and Yoda walks in as Frank Oz. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, Frank Oz walks in as Yoda other way around. And we're both <laughs> doing like 20th and 21st century puppeteering, like crossing each other.
1: Yeah. Wow. That's, that's so cool. Wow. Yeah, it was pretty
3: dope.
0: And were you a fan of the movies before you were cast?
3: Yeah, I grew up. Star Wars, A New Hope was my first movie ever. That was the first movie I ever saw.
0: Wow. Dang. That's cool. That must have been amazing to get that role.
3: It was a little bit unbelievable. You know, (laughs) I I, I actually like didn't believe it until like the first day shooting. Because I was like, oh my God, we're here. We're doing it. It was just really weird. You know, I was like, how? You know, I'm from the South Bronx, New York City. Right. So. I had never thought the trajectory of my career would be in Star Wars at all. Like there was, it was always this thing that was, you know, a part of mythology, a part of fantasy. And, you know, I, I didn't grow up with very much. So, you know, I couldn't really afford all the Star Wars stuff. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I tell this story often, like we went to see Star Wars. I have a twin brother and an older sister and the three of us, we all go see Star Wars with my parents. And we're all just like bouncing off the walls, and nah, 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 right, but we couldn't afford any of the stuff, so we're just like all talking about imagination, who we'd be, and nah, 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 right. And so my mom goes to the fabric store in the Bronx and sees like a roll of fabric that has like Star Wars stuff all on it, and it's like Luke and Princess Leia and Solo and all that stuff, right. And so she buys like. 10 yards of this fabric and then makes us like sheets, pillowcases, curtains. She makes
2: pajamas
3: for us and like we got to live in all of that stuff.
2: That is so sweet.
3: That's how much we loved it and she saw how much we loved it so she like made all this stuff for us. So it's really, you know, Star Wars has always been very close to me, you know, personally. And then, you know, Empire is my favorite movie of all time. So, yeah, I mean, I had always been a giant Star Wars fan. And when I just auditioned for it, you know, when you audition for things, you try not to, you try to like blow it off. Oh, it's no big deal. You know? yeah. If I get it, I don't get it. Oh, yeah, I
4: don't you know care about this.
0: I hate, actually, I hate this. Yeah, I drive home and I'm like, I hate myself.
3: <laughs> right? You're like, you walk into the room. You know what? They're better for me being in here. That's what I think. That's what it's about. That's, That's what this whole delusion. thing is about. I'm not That's an auditioner. Right. I'm an actor. <laughs> Every audition is a performance le- and you should be paying me. You're lucky that I'm here. Right?
1: <laughs> the level of delusion that it takes to be an uh, actor is I mean, so astounding.
4: So <laughs> to be like, I'm good, good like enough so to get, get it.
1: It's, like, it's so yes. wild.
0: You're just it like I'm. Wild. Actually, amazing. So, and I, mm. I don't even need this. I actually am fine with everything I have, and this is nah.
3: <laughs> right.
0: And then you get Star Wars. So, uh-huh. you, did you know what it was when you were auditioning? Did they make? Did they have you like? Did I you knew know, it like, was.
3: I knew it was Star Wars. I just didn't. They couldn't tell me anything. Like everything was so hush mm. hush under wraps, NDA, and I had no idea. It, it's just it, it's crazy how I even got the audition. I, I was I used to be in this show, this Broadway show called Stomp which is like body percussion and physical. Stomp's
1: so good. Yeah, I was in Stomp for
3: years. And we were doing a tour in San Francisco. And um, long story short, because this is a very crazy long story, but long story short, I had no idea that someone in our cast was friends with the casting director for Star Wars. And I had just done probably the most self-centered Arrogant 24-year-old egotistical show that I had ever done. And <laughs> it was, it was because I was I was upset at a cast member, right? Mm-hmm. For good reason. I was upset for good reason. <laughs> but he wasn't as good as me in Stomp. And you know, I'm a drummer, so I just decided to destroy him. Like just Ooh. absolutely just <laughs> demolish. And, you know, in a very like arrogant, ridiculous, 24-year-old asshole way. Like, I just crushed him. You know, and, you know, Stop was always about this ensemble, like, we're all playing together. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) And And I had the role that night of, like, setting the tempos. Right? Right. And I had been working with that cast for like months and this guy just came in from New York and was just like, I'm, I was the lead of the show, but he came in and he was just like, I'm going to lead the show tonight because I have friends in San Francisco. And he had, he had tenure over me. So I was like, what the, what? You can't come in and just take my cast. But my cast knew me, right? They knew what I could do and they knew how fast. So. All it took was, like, a look. And I was like, here we go. And they were just like, oh, my meds on one tonight. Uh. And we, I just blasted him, like, out of the water. Like, he couldn't keep up. He was, like, dropping stuff.
4: Oh, no. <laughs> it was awful. That's it was so, so bad.
3: I, was, uh, I, think, I think back on it. I'm just like, oh, my God. How? What, what an asshole. But I was, like, really disappointed in myself after the show. And then... <laughs> the casting director for Star Wars is in the audience, wow. and the my, one of my castmates who invited her was just like the casting director for Star Wars was here, and she wants you to audition. And I was like, "Who me?" <laughs> you know, just like yeah.
4: Wow. And so,
3: like the next, and it took a couple days. I was driving up to Skywalker Ranch, and I was just like.
2: You auditioned what? at Skywalker Ranch? I
3: did. That like, is wow. Crazy.
1: That's crazy. Yeah.
2: Where My is it?
3: Aud- it's in Marin County. Wow. In NorCal, right? It's like uh. half hour outside of San Francisco. Right. It's Disney's now. George doesn't own it. But back in the day, it was George's property. And I just remember like driving to Skywalker, just like, what is going on right <laughs> now? <laughs> like, what am I doing? And so when I drive up, I drive up to the ranch, you know, they have this huge gate. And they're like, before you even say your name, they know it's you. And like your name pops up on a thing and the thing opens. So you drive in the gate and then they have like this greeting house, right? It's like a little small. It's like what you see at most studios, right? Before you get to the greeting house, there's a a firehouse. Like Skywalker Ranch has its own fire brigade. Like they have like firemen and fire engines and fire stuff and like every time there's a fire in like marin county the skywalker ranch firemen go to they're just like oh uh, let's go uh, help out wild. right so <laughs> i drive up to the thing and i was like they got legit firemen on Skywalker <laughs> Ranch. <laughs> and the thing that was like the most exciting about it is like every fireman on the skywalker ranch they have Uh, fireman uniforms and the patches are x-wing fighters
0: wow that's that's fun
3: so i was like this is ridiculous cool so already (laughs) i'm already my mind is like oh my god yeah i can't believe that ah." and then i have to audition for this movie (laughs) and not be freaked out not be like blown away (laughs) and i'm just trying to play it cool like oh yeah i I talked to personal fire brigades all the time mm-hmm. yeah yeah, you
4: know?
3: yeah who and cares i go to the main house which is this huge this beautiful victorian mansion and i audition there and you know robin Gerlin, who was the casting director at the time she was just like i can't tell you anything i can't give you a script i can't mm. tell you what the story is mm. i can't tell you what you're auditioning for i was just like okay well what do you want me to do And she was like, okay, we're just gonna do some improv stuff. And I had done a lot of improv in New York and and when I first moved to LA, you know what I'm saying? So I was cool with improv, but it was like all physical improv. There was Mm -hmm. no words. And she was like, well, crawl on the ground and I'll stand up and I'll, you know, do, and I'm a martial artist. So I just started doing like kicks and flips and all this kind of stuff in a small space because I knew it was like a physical role. And she was like, okay, thanks. And then I go back on tour And um, like a month and a half later, they call me back for a screen test. And so I fly back, I think I was in DC, and I fly back from DC to do a screen test at ILM. And this was like the mocap screen test, which everybody's used to now, you know what I'm saying? Like Mm -hmm. the the cat suit and the ping pong Mm -hmm. balls on the cat suit, like everything that people in video games and all that stuff, everybody's cool with that. Nobody had really seen that before, and I had never seen it before either. So I go to this room, and then just, like, put this on. And I was like, hey, are you serious? Like, <laughs> I got to so put on this right now? Like,
0: And you have to feel confident. It's of, like, the balls on the outside. I was like,
3: am I bloated? Like, what do I look?
2: <laughs> Covered in ping pong balls. It's so awkward. Yeah, I know. it's like all so these ping pong balls.
3: And then they gave me, like, six-inch Converse platforms. So I was ready for whatever drag show that they were setting me up for. <laughs> I was like, all right, I don't know what I'm about to do, but I'm going to turn this out.
2: Nice.
3: And then they were just like, all right, uh, we're just waiting for George to show up. And I was like, "What?" what? I didn't know that George was going to be at the screen test. Oh nobody was telling me anything. I was just like <laughs> I was just looking around like what's going on? And there were all these computers in the room. And you know, back then, that was like 96. You know, back then, computers were machines. Like they were huge. Like the Mm -hmm. monitors were three feet thick. Like none of this newfangled flat screen, nothing. You know, it was just like people were like, like there was hard labor. (laughs) <laughs> on computers, you know, those like, oh, shoveling coal inside hard drives. <laughs> right? Computers were machines. So it was like this room full of computers, ping pong balls and stuff. And then these cameras that are shooting infrared film at the time, because digital photography wasn't a thing yet in motion pictures. Like you had digital cameras, but it was like infrared film that picked up the uh, light shining on the ping pong ball, right? And George walks in and he's like, you know, central casting George Lucas, like
4: the flannel <laughs> joint,
3: the hair, the horn rims, the jeans. I was like, oh, yeah, man, you are on brand right now. That right. Is George. <laughs> That's you. you know, that yeah. is Who you are. And he was like mad cool. And he was just like, yeah, you know, just walk up and down a little bit. And then I started doing some the stuff that I did at the audition, which was like lower to the ground. Because at first, Jar Jar was supposed to be like this salamander kind of oh, creature. Like he was wow. supposed to be like kind of low and slinky. And I was like, whoa, that's going to be a long six months. I better
1: right. do
4: yeah.
3: some push-ups. Do
1: something yeah. else. <laughs> right?
3: Better work on this core if I'm going to do that. <laughs> right. So he was just like, no, I want you to stand up and walk. And then I started walking. Then he was like, okay, do whatever you want. I was like, all right, cool. So I started doing the same thing. Kicks and backflips and all this stuff. And then he was like, yeah, okay. And then leaves. <laughs> and I was like, did I do too much? Did I not? Man, I messed up.
2: It's so crazy being just so left in the dark about mm-hmm. anything that's happening and also any kind of. Feedback of like, is this right? Is this not? Do you not like that?
3: Like, am I going in the right so, direction? Yeah. Like, can I get some That's notes? Tough. Like, can you <laughs> right. tell me something? You Nothing. He was oh, okay. Right. And you know, George is kind of even emotionally, but everybody was just like, oh, yeah, you did really good. I was like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. And then they were like, let me show you what you did. And so I walked behind the gigantic 10 foot thick monitors. And I watch what the film picked up and it was this, what they call a point cloud, but it was this ping pong ball skeletal outline of me. Oh
2: yeah, that's cool. And it looked
3: like me. Like I was Uh just bugging at, at how the (sighs) representation of it was just like, I was like, I can recognize myself in this point cloud. yeah. And all the engineers were looking at each other, like we could do this. This is good. We can do it. That's going to cool. work. Wow, That's right?
0: so exciting.
3: Before I walked in the room, they were just like,
4: we're just
3: a bunch of guys who yeah. can punch in code in a computer. Mm. Then yeah. when I walked, when they saw me actually working, they were just like, oh, yeah, this is going to work. Do you work? think
0: they had like put put on the suit themselves and just like tried
1: it and they were like I they don't
3: know. They did. Man. <laughs> yeah, they did. And Wait, I saw really? some of both. Yeah. Yeah, they were like That's a couple so of people That's so funny like, that
1: they were like this is bad. We have to find someone who's good <laughs> yeah. at this to be good at this.
3: Yeah, cuz George Cuz shit had a,
1: doesn't come to life until someone yeah. actually does it. Yeah,
3: yeah cuz George had an idea of how this character was going to move, right? And he was like I need an actor. Which to his credit, um I think set the stage for Andy Circus and, you know, his wonderful performances because now directors recognize that you just can't get a body. You need mm-hmm. an actor, right? Yeah. And you see it in the games as well. Like when you play NBA 2K20, mm-hmm. it has to look like the NBA player that you're playing because we mm-hmm. believe the movements, right? Mm-hmm. We believe that that's how, you know... LeBron James dunks we believe that that's how Steph Curry shoots a three like we're so in tune to our physicalities uh, as human beings when we see something that doesn't feel right we know Mm. right we we know inherently we're just like no that's not and even if we can't articulate it our brains go I don't believe that and that Mm -hmm. pulls us out of the story.
2: And that's like, that's that phenomenon. Lauren, I feel like we've talked about it in Wild Horses, but the uncanny valley yes. thing, yes. which is like things that are almost human, but not quite. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like the Polar Express movie. People yeah. really yes. were upset because they looked
0: like people, but not. Mm-hmm. And it was like really weird. Like it's very it's realistic, jarring. but wrong. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah.
3: I mean, we as human beings you know, computers and artificial intelligence are nowhere near our brains at all. Like they have a very, very long way to go before they can do what we do just by being human beings. So when we see stuff that doesn't feel human, we're immediately, our brains recognize it and go, nope, I don't believe it. Yeah, reject yeah. it. I yeah. don't yeah. believe it. I yeah. don't want it. I don't want it.
0: Oh my God. Oh, well, that's so interesting. It's yeah, such a crazy it. story. I love that. Oh, and I'm that. so excited to know that new information that that was like the first CGI character played by an actor. That's like amazing.
1: I can't wait to tell people that information and then parrot it back your story incorrectly <laughs> to people. Be like, did you know this and this and this? Are and you auditioned He actually out
3: <laughs> Yeah, man. And then there was this incident with Michael Jackson, which was. I'll tell you about. We're that. We're listening.
1: Wait, <laughs> yes, I truly, I like leaned in because I, like, I was like, I must know this.
3: <laughs> I had this weird moment with Michael Jackson. That um, oh, I boy, don't know if you could have
0: a normal one with him. I yes. wasn't. Yeah. I,
3: if you ever, if you've ever met anybody who you've idolized as a child, you you hold them in this like really really high regard, right? Yeah, and you don't want to do anything. You know, it's, it's that that adage that says never meet your heroes. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Because you don't want to do anything that either makes them hate you or you, you, you meet them and you're just like, oh, man, you're a jerk. I don't even want to be near yeah. you.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
3: Well, um, we me and George and Natalie Portman and George's kids, we all went to see Michael Jackson at Wembley in while we were shooting Phantom Menace. Wow. You know, Michael Jackson showed up and down and George did Captain EO. And I don't know if I'm dating myself, but Captain oh, Eo right. was this like 3D experience at Epcot in Florida mm-hmm. at Disney World. And, yeah, and, I went and, when I was
0: a kid and I remember it same. very clearly. And it was really cool because they would like blow like air on you if something happened. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. They did like sensory sort of things. It was yeah. really
3: fun. And you know, he sang songs and it was all about the environment and it was had these weird Muppets. Yeah. <laughs> but George had like Stayed in touch with Michael Jackson for a lot of years, right? Michael was a huge fan of star Wars and, and, you know, he knew George's kids. So we were in the Royal box at Wembley and, um, (laughs) this is such a strange day. We went in the box and we were watching Michael Jackson and he was incredible. Right. So, but before like the end of the show, Right. So we're sitting in Wembley and behind us is a wall. And I'm sitting like there. And George is next to me, and Natalie is on to the left. And me and Natalie were like huge Michael Jackson fans. And so we're just tripping over it. George's kids are there. We're just tripping, bugging out, singing everything. And Michael, like, we're just like, beat it. Right. And then <laughs> this dude comes out from the wall behind us. Like, uh, would you follow me, please? Right? And I'm like, what? Who is this guy, right? And where did he come from? So he opens the wall, and there's a secret passageway stairs behind Wembley Arena. Boom, we're backstage. There's this triage of people who um, have passed out because apparently, like, there's some kind of a a hospital bed situation for people who get so excited about (laughs) Michael Jackson. Like, they're
4: they're ready for it, right?
3: So it was like, it was a bunch of like British people completely unconscious because they're like, uh, Michael Jackson, ah. Uh. And they passed out.
0: Insane. So
3: I'm walking through this like makeshift hospital of Michael Jackson excited. Mm-hmm. And then we go backstage. And, um, the creepy guy points to this like curtained creepy off. Creepy guy. <laughs> <You know? laughs> this creepy British man. He points to this curtained off area. And he's like, yeah, oh, back then. <laughs> and so we go through the creepy area and it's <laughs> Michael Jackson, like putting oh, on a shirt.
2: Oh my gosh.
3: Now, I don't know why my brain did this, but there had <laughs> been stories about Michael Jackson bleaching his skin. Right. Mm-hmm. And there was all of these things about Michael Jackson, like wanting to be white And not loving being black and all of this stuff. And then Michael Jackson came out and was just like, nah, I got a skin condition called vitiligo. Mm -hmm. And then people were just like, no, you don't, Michael Jackson. You don't want to be black. (laughs) Right. And he was like, no, (laughs) like I have a skin condition. And so there was this rumors like this is a skin condition or does he hate his blackness? What is it? Right my brain immediately goes to that Mm -mm, i'm just like i'm gonna find the black on you i want i'm gonna gonna look for it like you're in here you're vulnerable i'm looking for the black (laughs) i will find the black on you putting on a shirt right hyper focused vision all of a sudden i have i'm like Superman x-ray vision like looking for the blackness, right? And I'm just like can't find it. Michael reaches out his hand to shake my hand and on his fingertips, uh, yeah it was right hand, on his fingertips, little brown Mm. splotches of vitiligo. Uh Right? And I was like, it's true. You have vitiligo. Wow! And what he did was the glove.
0: I was gonna say mm-hmm.
3: was covering the vitiligo that he had, right. So that's, that's why the glove.
0: This is like breaking news, honestly. <laughs>
4: yeah,
2: yeah, <laughs> truly. Right, breaking news.
3: And while, while I, I saw the fingers, right, shook his hands, saw the fingers on his spot, and then he taped his fingers, right, to cover the spots. Mm-hmm. And I was wow. like, that's why he wore. Like the tape on his fingers, like all the stuff. If you watch Michael Jackson videos, you'll see like he mm-hmm. always has some stuff on his hands, mm-hmm. right? And it's covering the brown splotches because he was embarrassed of the vitiligo. I was like, oh snap! Is
0: that so interesting? Right?
2: That is really so. Wild. Michael goes
3: out, finishes the show. He does heal the world. His mama's there. There's a whole bunch of random children, and then just like, all oh, right, and then he disappears into the floor. And I was like, that was <laughs> <is laughs> great. <laughs> That was fantastic, Micah Jackson.
0: Mm, that's amazing.
3: Creepy guy shows up, <laughs> right? I'm like, what? The, where did you come from? <laughs> yeah, he's like, "Oh, did you follow me?" <laughs> and he's always like, we're always following him, like somewhere. Like, who is this guy? Right? Creepy guy shows up. You follow me, please. We all go outside, and we go to the driveway, like outside of Wembley. There's like a caravan of Toyota minivans, right? Michael Jackson pops out on one of the Toyota minivans and he's wearing the fedora, the epaulets, the captain joint, mm-hmm. and you know, Crazy. the mask, right? He's in Michael Jackson wear, right? And I'm like, Oh snap, there he is in full regalia. Right. And inside the truck, is Lisa Marie Presley, which I was just like, scandal, because they just got divorced, (laughs) right? Lisa Marie Presley and like 10, 15 kids, right? And so Michael gets out and he's like, yo, thank you for coming to my show. And then George steps up and he's like, you remember my kids? And Michael's like, oh my God, I remember you guys when you were babies. That's cool. And he's like, this is Natalie Portman. Yeah, not a good, I'm a fan of your work blah 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 right and then he goes this is Jar Jar Binks and Michael goes like this oh <laughs> oh no straight up like you know he's like what? oh I'm Michael Jackson and oh this is so high voice this is Jar Jar Binks <laughs> oh <laughs> like a dude like he got like what he got wow. Gary Indiana that's on, he, so he was like this. Dude. wow that is so what? rude he's like oh and I was like hmm <laughs> that's weird
0: <laughs> what do you even say to that like well nice to meet you I, I mean, was like yeah.
3: Oh, okay <laughs> yeah, oh. alright so he was like okay thanks guys for we're back to the high voice thanks for coming to the show up. gets in the minivan they all drive off we go up to the bar have a drink and I'm like hey George can I ask you a question <laughs> uh why did you introduce me as Jar Jar Binks? And why all of a sudden is Michael Jackson like masculine voiced? And he goes, well, Michael wanted to be Jar Jar. <laughs> and he um oh. wanted to do it with prosthetics and makeup like oh he did Thriller.
0: Oh, my God. That is not where I thought that no, was going.
1: Me either. Also, George, how mean. <laughs> <laughs> Why would you do it? Just naming yeah,
3: just by your name? And I don't like.
4: <laughs> I said to him. I was that? like,
3: you're telling him now. Like I'm there. And you're that's, breaking the news that he ain't get the part, and I'm the guy now, Michael no. Jackson for the Michael Jackson. <laughs> that's Michael, wow, that Michael Jackson. Cool. Jackson that's awful, cool George. Awful,
0: George. I was
3: and like,
1: just,
0: what are you doing? Why would you do course, that? But, so that to was me? his that was his moment as an actor finding out he didn't get the part. Yes, which feels bad, and you have to pretend it's fine. And then your he's looking yes. at the person who took you the got role, it. <laughs> and he just ha- and he's in front of George, Lee. he just go. I mean, that's that's amazing. The fact that I he didn't was like get,
3: this. I was like, what? Bro, why would you do that to me? I love it. George I love loves Michael drama. Jackson. He just George threw you drama. under the bus. He was like, he's like, let's see what happens. <laughs> yeah. He was like, what's Michael Jackson going to do to me?
2: That's <laughs> <Yeah>. right. <laughs> that's right. George Lucas. So wild. Oh, wow. Mary, what so happened I'm when right you crazy. met yes. Michael Jackson? <laughs> well, when I met Michael Jackson... Um, <laughs> we, it was crazy. Uh, well, Mary, I want to
0: ask you about your connection to Star Wars, like from growing up. and Oh, yeah. Tell us a little bit about what it's meant to you and what your connection is.
2: I remember we owned the VHS, is the VHS's?
3: Mm-hmm. VHSI? Mm-hmm.
2: V- <laughs> thank you. The, VHS the VHSI. VHSI. Yeah. Uh, VHS <laughs> of uh, uh, episode four, five, and six. And I didn't, I didn't like see it in the theater or anything, but my brother, I think did. And my parents definitely did. And so it it wasn't like fully, uh, it wasn't something that I came up knowing about, but I remember at a certain point I came across those VHSI and I was <laughs> like, well, this looks interesting. And I started watching A New Hope and I got so into it. And around that time too, I was like, playing uh flute in band <laughs> <laughs> nice. and so you know i joined a group of people who were also really into Star Wars. <laughs> um and so uh i became a, a big fan through that and then it that was uh getting close to the time i think when uh phantom menace was coming out so we all went to the theater together to see it and yeah it was like a a, a big topic of Fandom in my friend group, I remember, and then my fiance Matt is a massive Star Wars fan, oh. so it was very much a part of our our lives together. Now,
0: <laughs> so that must have been really exciting when you got this role on the Jedi so Temple exciting. Challenge. That's exciting yes. because now you're part of the you're part of, of the canon. Canon. Yeah,
2: I think I think so. I think right? that's how yeah. it works. I mean, on it's then, on you're on Disney, we're, right? We're canon, you know, right?
3: Maybe He's questioning. Mm. I don't
2: I'm wondering know. that too.
3: Everyone keeps asking me that: Is this yeah. canon? And I'm just like, <laughs>
2: yeah. I, mm, I, <laughs> I hope I just we,
3: work uh, we have here, had bro. this debate. Like, on, I don't know. Yeah,
0: we've <laughs> had this debate about so many different things. Uh-huh. Like people come on and tell us something is canon and something is legend, and mm. I feel like we've been taught a bunch of times and we can't retain it, so Correct. we can't really yeah. answer. We don't know. Uh, yeah,
3: it's a strong like maybe. <laughs> yeah,
4: yeah. It's it's like yeah.
3: A really, really strong maybe. It's still
0: really cool. You get to have Star Wars on your resume, so. How did you? How did it work with you shooting? You were a droid in this, so Mm -hmm. is there like a suit, Mm -hmm. or is it? Do you interact with people? Like, how does it work?
2: It was really interesting. the The man who designed and built the who built eighty three was also inside the suit, so he had built it to to fit his body. And he's he's done like he's played C three PO at conventions and things, so he's very much in the droid world and knows those movements and so we talked a lot about 83 and how I was envisioning her, her movements and then I also like I had this whole system of communication in front of me I sat in the control room with the producers where we had the monitors and I watched Ahmed on screen and I had a mic that was like a a god mic kind of where I would talk into and the sound so Ahmed and I could banter and then I had a separate mic that would go to the headset to Gordon inside the suit and so well, that's hard yeah yeah we tried this a few times where I was like okay okay put your hands up in the air uh I'm having fun you know? <laughs> 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 trying to like both, but eventually I I sort of gave up on the uh, talking in the headset and then talking because we, we kind of figured out he sort of got to know my um the rhythm of my voice and how mm-hmm. he can like animate that. So, so yeah, there was uh it was it was wild, but it was so interesting like playing with Ahmed and we had so many instances where we needed to riff and like banter with each other and I it was wild to do it with someone I'm watching on TV mm-hmm. and not someone I'm yeah. actually physically <laughs> standing next to, but I feel like I got so used to it. Yeah, uh, pretty early on it. It felt really natural. Yeah, it That's was so really fun. good.
3: It, you made it really easy. You really did because it's oh, weird, like standing next to the droid <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. with no expressions. You know what <laughs> right. I'm saying? Like, and <laughs> you know Gordon, who played the, the droid, he would like turn to me and he'd be like, and then you hear Mary <laughs> say something <laughs> hysterical. That was, must like, have
4: been
2: so strange i didn't even think about it from that from your perspective i'm like there's this body and then a weird voice coming from somewhere else that's so weird and mary
0: did you feel like you had to like study up to be able to like banter within this world or did you feel like it's all stuff that you're really familiar with
2: no there there are a lot of like droid specifics that i didn't know like um audio receptors or ears and even like uh I, I made some joke about look I went mm-hmm. there are a lot of bathroom jokes I made and so I had hey like, we love them here yeah. we love them so I had to uh, there were um standards and practices and, and people who were in the control room with me being like Mary I, I remember I tried to do a joke where uh I said <laughs> okay I said to Gordon I was like okay uh instead of um I'm going to be like, instead of using the force, I'm going to use the floss. And then I want you to floss to do that dance. And Goran was like, got it. And then, so I said it. And then they were like, okay, so Mary flossing doesn't exist in the Star Wars universe, So we we can't use that joke. So there were like v- very specific but things. Wait, that, like, okay, you can do this, but you can't do that. Why wouldn't a yeah. dance
1: exist in, st- in the Star That's so weird. That's arbitrary. Well, I feel like weird.
0: that's interesting because it kind of, like there are so many things and actually space balls is kind of a good example of this, but where everything is just like a hair off of what it really is. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. And so like, you'd have to be call it something else, but you know what I mean? Like that's that's an interesting problem to face when you're improvising in that setting. Cause you want to just be able to say whatever you want. And then you're like, Oh, this doesn't, this thing doesn't exist there. Okay. Yeah. But like maybe the word helmet does like, I don't know. Like there are probably (laughs) things that do. So that's,
2: (laughs) yeah, that's weird. It was interesting. So yeah, I had like notes on my, on my, that I kept of like r- refresher is the word for bathroom. Audio receptor is a word for ears. Like I should joke about being dunked in oil and all this stuff, <laughs> uh, droid specifics. Uh, but I feel like Ahmed, you were super comfortable, but like, I, but you have much more knowledge of the universe than I do, but yeah. you seem very comfortable with this.
3: Yeah. Uh, I was really like, you know, I've been a part of this thing for a long time and I was there pre Disney. So there's a there's a lot that I could get away with, right? Mm-hmm. Because I I was directly you know with George creating this thing, so yeah. you know anytime like there was a question about it, I'd be like, well, I said it in you know Attack of the Clone. so <laughs> it's, what are you going to do? Yeah, what are you going to yeah, like, gonna- <laughs> undo that? Like, yeah, good you luck. Can't, you can't can't take that movie away. <laughs> you know? and then they would go through their Disney you know S&P like can it is it possible is it possible can we do it can we do it I was just like guys come on let's, <laughs> start, let's just, just do it if it's not gonna work then we'll do something else yeah. like that's the magic of digital yeah, photography that's right yeah. all we got to deal with is hard drives right but yeah you know, I mean what made it really easy was just Mary was just so oh. smart and fast so most of my stuff is just reacting from her you know what I'm saying like I was she's just like she's the funniest Wherever yes. she, I just was so happy to go wherever she went oh. and um, you know I, I just listened and responded you know she made me look great
2: oh, I feel the same That's way so about awesome. you Ahmed thank you oh I love it so
0: sweet well on that nice note let's take a quick break and we'll be right back with more woo Did you know nearly 75% of people have subscriptions they've forgotten about? Before I started using Rocket Money, I thought I had about, I don't know, 10 subscriptions. I could not believe it when they showed me I was actually paying for 15 subscriptions each month. Between streaming services, fitness apps, delivery services, it's never ending. So thanks to Rocket Money, I'm no longer wasting money on the ones that I forgot about. Cringe. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills so you can grow your savings. With Rocket Money, I have full control over my subscriptions and a clear view of my expenses. I can see all of my subscriptions in one place, and if I see something I don't want, Rocket Money can help me cancel it with a few taps. I love how the dashboard shows me this month's spending compared to last month so I can see my spending habits, and plus it'll help me create a custom budget and keep my spending on track. Rocket Money will even try to negotiate lower bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is submit a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. They'll deal with customer service for you. Isn't that amazing? Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has saved a total of $500 million in canceled subscriptions, saving members up to $740 a year when using all of the app's features. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com newcomers.
2: Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashback debit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with
4: welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact.
0: And we're back. Yes, oh, that break was so. Wow. Was that was. Great. I luxurious. took a nap. I took we a nap. We got
4: to know each other. <laughs> we took naps.
3: I ran a couple miles. Yeah. And had another kid.
2: <laughs> Whoa! Wow! wow. Yeah. Another kid.
3: <laughs> yeah, nine months oh of my a break. <laughs> Podcast.
2: All I did was nap. I feel terrible. <laughs> you you, know, you, you wasted your time. Wasting my time. Um, okay, so we watched Spaceballs yes. for this
0: episode, and yes. um, you know, what did you guys think? Have you seen this movie before?
3: I saw it in the theaters. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. In 87.
0: And what was that? Did you think it was hilarious? Like, I'm wondering what it was like when it came out, you know,
3: I'm a big Mel Brooks fan. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like I, I just love Mel Brooks ever since like blazing saddles and young Frankenstein Mm -hmm. are just, just heavy rotation ever since I was a kid. You know, my father's a, a cinematographer. So, um, Film is like a huge deal in my house and, and wow. we would watch everything. Mm-hmm. My father watched everything and he would like, be like, see, this is why they did this camera move and like, why the light looks like this. So, you know, I was the only kid in the South Bronx who had a book on the coffee table that said Fellini on Fellini. Cause that's, mm-hmm. how, my, <laughs> that's how deep wow. my father was as a cinephile. Yeah. Um, but he was also really into like comedy and comedy records. So I had like a lot of Woody Allen records. I had, Bill Cosby records. See, these things mean... They're so mm. different now. Yeah. I was, uh, like, ooh.
1: I, know. I was like, I know. It's like painful?
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh, Michael uh, Jackson. Uh. Michael Jackson. Woody
4: Allen. Oh, let's clean up the
3: timeline with Bill Ca- uh. <laughs> 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 uh, uh. Yeah. You know, now, all we have to do is watch, like, Louis C.K. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, <geez>.
1: oh <laughs> It's
2: hard. It's Across and the and board.
1: It hurts. <laughs> <laughs>
3: But we also had Mel Brooks records. Nothing, thank God. Mel yeah, Brooks yeah, we're is like, still, that good. One <laughs> still good. <laughs> yeah, and like we had every, we had all the Mel Brooks stuff, and uh, Blazing Saddles was big, which Richard Pryor was a writer on Blazing Saddles, and we had Richard Pryor records too. Mm-hmm. And then Mel Brooks did this movie called History of the World, mm-hmm. where he was Louis the Fourteenth, and he had a rap, and so he was like one of the first comedians who rapped. So I was always huge into Mel Brooks. So when Spaceballs came out, I was just like, "Oh, I'm in!" And with Rick Moranis and and Bill Pullman, He's so I really so just great. loved mm-hmm. all of those actors and yeah. and Mel Brooks and Star Wars. So I remember going to see it and going, "This is great!" Yeah, and, you know, there's a lot of like East Coast New York humor in it. Yeah, you know, so like the whole the Schwartz and you know because. Mm-hmm we grew up with a lot of that as 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 you know just neighborhood talk just being in this incredibly diverse neighborhood in the Bronx you know so i i you know immediately got the humor um and loved it and thought it was really great it was like a lot of toilet humor and a lot of potty <laughs> humor but i you know the thing i remember as a kid that I, that made me laugh so hard was like rick moranis in the in the dark helmet yeah and he was like breathing and, and then the thing pops open. He's like, I can't breathe in <laughs> this <know>. thing. Okay.
2: <laughs> the voice change was very funny. It was
3: just a great intro to a really, really funny character. Yeah. So yeah. I loved it. I loved it from Jump.
1: Mary, yeah. when's the, what
2: about you? Yeah, When's the
1: first time you saw it?
2: I saw it. I feel like it was around, it, again, when I was in marching band. <laughs> um, I was, I was introduced a to a very most. formative period for uh-huh. you yeah. in more ways than one. <laughs> oh.
4: Boom. Kaboom.
2: It was, uh, yes, but the, I was introduced, I feel like to a lot of Star Wars, uh, films and Spaceballs. I remember being one of them. So I, I saw it like middle school, early high school for the first time and I haven't seen it in so long. So rewatching it was, was a real trip. <laughs>
0: That's funny. Yeah. All right. Well, let's walk you th- all through the synopsis, everyone out there. Um, it's pretty quick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's
3: <laughs> Not pretty one quick. of our long. Yeah. We usually it's read long
0: synopses of these movies, but this <laughs> one's real quick. In a distant galaxy, planet Spaceball has depleted its air supply, leaving its citizens reliant on a product called Perry Air. In desperation, Spaceball's leader, President Scrooge, orders the evil Dark Helmet to kidnap Princess Vespa of Oxygen Rich Druid- Druidia and hold her hostage in exchange for air. Help arrives for the princess in the form of renegade space pilot Lone Star and his half-man, half-dog partner, Barf.
3: Barf. Mm -hmm. John Candy. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I love John John Candy. Candy.
0: My husband and I were just rewatching Uncle Buck, and he is so funny in that. Brilliant. Brilliant. He is amazing.
3: John Candy, man. Rest. Rest easy.
0: Yes. Nicole, what was your opinion on this uh, film?
1: Okay. (laughs) I... I mean, people were like, you're going to love it. Like my roommate, John Milheiser, was like, you're going to love it. He was so excited to watch it with me. And he would just mm-hmm. be tee hee heeing. And I would be like stone silent because I was like, this isn't That's- funny to me. <laughs> I agree. I agree. And I was so excited to talk to you because I was like, I'm sitting
0: here and I get why it is why, funny. Yes, yes. But I'm going, ah ha ha. Uh-huh. Or like, I'm like, I don't, yeah. I'm just not. But I did feel like if this came out right when Star Wars yes. or was happening and like sure. this humor is very like airplane mm-hmm. style. It's like, exactly like, like, yes. Yeah, totally. So that was like a trend and it felt like if you were really into Star Wars, it would be so fun to go to the theater yes. and like laugh at this movie. And make fun of it because you don't have a lot of outlets for that at that point. Like yes. it's like this is a whole big movie making fun of it. That's great, but I did find myself thinking like, oh, mm, not finding yeah parts where I am. The my favorite part I'll tell you my favorite part was when that little thing. The sort of like alien reference, like oh, yeah. whatever it was from, pops out of the guy, and then does the dance, dance. along the counter. Yes. I was
1: laughing at that. I laughed at that. <laughs> that I laughed a funny. little bit at Joan Rivers. I thought she was very Me funny. Too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the more I thought about it, I was like, we've consumed like 20 some odd years of Star Wars in a couple of months. These people yeah. had a huge break in between one of the movies and then this movie coming out. So it was like a nice little... Um, what is it? A moosh-boosh? Is that a palate cleanser? Yeah. Yeah.
2: Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And
3: a moose. A moose-boosh. Mm. A
1: moose-boosh? A moose-boosh. I like a moosh boosh too. <laughs> oh boy. <Just laughs> a moosh boosh A moosh boosh I can't believe I've been saying <laughs> it wrong it now. for so long. Now. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I don't, it was not for me. Yeah. Also, there was no Luke. Right, no, that was right. like Bill
3: Pullman was supposed to be like both, both Luke yeah. and Yeah, Han, yeah. You know, I, he
1: turned I like out to that be a it prince. ended with a
0: wedding. Yes. Because we always want them to kiss more in yes. these movies. And that was and
2: nice. Do you? We did, just, yeah, <laughs> we're always like, oh, like we're excited when they kiss. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we always want them to kiss
0: more. <laughs> it's our biggest complaint. Yeah, we you want to say like,
3: that's your biggest complaint for Star Wars in general. Like, yes. they, they, don't, they don't kiss Not enough. enough.
0: Kissing. Nobody's kissing. Ugh. And um, I I also was really, one thing I did say after was like, Ugh. this is the best length of
1: Star Correct. Wars film. It's an hour and a half. Yeah. yeah Every other short. Star Wars movie is like two and a half hours and it's real dedication of your time to watch it. This mm-hmm. was gone in a minute.
0: But Nicole, this, you made a good point that like, we've been watching this all compacted in this time that like, if you get 10 years between a movie, a two and a half hour movie probably feels great. Yes. But we're like, I just watched a two and a half hour one of <laughs> yeah. that one. So we feel like everything could be faster. But, sure. <laughs> but we
1: found a lot to like. Yeah.
0: Um. Do you want to read some of this trivia? Sure. Can
1: I also just say, I really hated Pizza the Hut. Pizza the Hut. He
2: was so disgusted. <laughs> It's disgusting that was hard to look to watch. At. There was a lot of food stuff that I was
0: like, oh, yes. boy. It's like, oh. And then he ate himself yes. at the end.
1: Oh, that but- was upsetting. OK, so trivia. <laughs> yeah. George Lucas got a chance to read the screenplay before production began, and loved it so much that he decided to have his special effects company help with the movie. An example, oh. yeah, isn't that wild? Well, it makes me like it more actually. Same, and uh, because it's like fun when someone can just like poke fun at themselves. Yes, yes yeah, that is he's cool. really
4: good at that.
0: That's cool. Really That's cool. It.
1: An example of this is the Millennium Falcon's cameo appearance in the movie can be spotted parked at the space diner uh, among the other space vehicles. I did not clock that.
3: Fun. I didn't
1: clock
0: oh, that. No, no, me neither. I also um really liked the joke where they were talking about the merch and it was like, Everything was labeled yeah. like Spaceballs, the place, yeah. spaceballs, the sheet. And I actually wanted the Spaceballs merch. I mean, I'm such a sucker for the <laughs> yeah. merch for Star Wars. It's so funny how <laughs> easily swayed into buying merch you are. It's all I want. I was like, I saw the Spaceballs, the t shirt, and I was like, I want that. <laughs> like, I don't even like this movie. I want this. It's, it's,
4: they're you very know,
1: good. You know what I did like? I liked when they broke the fourth wall and they were like, well, we're going to try to watch the Spaceballs movie to find where they that, are. I, that and then they were so turning back hard. around. That, yeah. that was actually yeah. that very funny. That was really clever.
2: <laughs> yeah. I agree. That yeah, was Mal Brooks cute. is the master of spoofs. Like he, yes. he just yeah. is a he does spoofs so well. But but it is a, the humor is so different than what a spoof would look like now. Yes, totally. And I
0: think him as yogurt was funny too. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> oh, um, what okay. a world, uh, world! What a world! What a world! What a world! According to Mel Brooks, George Lucas loved this movie so much he wrote him a letter after its premiere, saying he thought he was going to bust something from laughing so hard. So that's, that's
1: really nice. That is nice. The escape pod launch sequence is an unused clip from Star Wars Episode Four. A new help uh, provided to Mel Brooks by Lucasfilm. That's nice. Wow! But also, how are there so many unused clips from these movies? These movies are two and a half <laughs> hours long. Didn't you use all of the footage? It's...
2: But you're <laughs> well, how shooting about
1: the part at the beginning. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, what would we... go I was ahead, just going to
2: say, well, you're shooting for like six months, right? Yeah, I know. yeah it's right. You have so much footage.
3: Yeah, there's a lot that's, that's so left. long. That's so crazy yeah.
1: to shoot for six months and then not all of it makes it into the movie.
3: I shot for yeah. two years.
1: What? Did you? This is nuts.
3: Yeah. Yeah, I shot for two years because it was like, for me, it was, I had to do all the principal photography with everybody oh. else. And then I had to go do all the CG stuff with ILM. Wow. So I did like two movies. You know, That's I had to, amazing. I, that final Wild. battle scene in Phantom Menace is me by myself running around um, industrial lights and magic jumping on things and throwing things, you know, <laughs> for like... I want oh, to rewatch parts of
0: the scene to think about you doing it now. Yeah, like, that's me so too. Lauren.
1: This is what I was saying when we were talking about Phantom Menace. I was like, if people knew the work that went into this, they would be saying other things. Yeah, I know. it was
3: huge. Like that final battle scene is like an entire Buster Keaton movie. If you watch, if there's a there's a Buster Keaton movie where he's like running away from mm-hmm. barrels rolling down hills and stuff, yeah, yeah, it's like yeah. that's exactly what that final battle scene, what George wanted it to be. Uh, a big battle scene, but he wanted it to feel like a Buster Keaton movie. Mm -hmm. So we would watch like Buster Keaton and analyze the film. Like George is a really great, he's a wonderful filmmaker, like really uh, intricate, really into detail, really knows what he's talking about. So we would like sit and watch Buster Keaton movies for hours. And then he would just like point out what he liked, what he didn't want, what he wanted, and how he wanted me to move, how he wanted it to feel. And then I would just do it. I would just do my best in doing it.
4: Amazing. If you could,
3: you could watch like the Buster Keat movie and that final battle scene, like side by side, you'll see a lot of the similarities.
0: That's wow. cool. Yeah. That is. It's yeah. Crazy. Um, one last little bit of trivia about this movie. The barf costume was operated by three people, which surprises me. John Candy <laughs> operated barf's tail <laughs> using a hidden control in his paw. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, two assistants each controlled an ear, an ear and right. his costume was powered by a 30 pound battery that he wore on his back ooh, oh that's uncomfortable
2: yeah.
3: Yeah.
2: Jeez.
3: Jeez. that's wrong it's and too the heavy.
0: baseballs Fuck. has a fi- uh, 57% on Rotten Tomatoes but an 83% audience score yeah. mm. it was so, big
3: with the people
0: yeah well I mean I'm glad we watched it because mm-hmm. I, I feel like I was waiting for this moment for so, yeah. so long <laughs>
2: It's fun to because there is such a Star Wars is such a weighty universe. Like there's Mm -hmm. there's so much built around it and it's it's decades long and so expansive and has there's it's so serious. Um, I mean, there are aspects of it that are are lighter and um, funny, but the Spaceballs just undercuts all of that Mm -hmm. and just makes fun of every single aspect, which is it's nice. It's sort of like. Uh, You get to like have a deep breath after consuming so much heaviness. Mm -hmm.
3: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, George has such a great sense of humor and he likes poking fun at his universe, at the world. You know, Seth Green and Matt Sinreich who do Robot Chicken. Mm -hmm. When they did the Robot Chicken Star Wars special, like George was 100 percent on board with that. And then they did uh, an animated series that I hope will come out one of these days. Um, that George was involved with called Detours. And it's like, it's the same Robot Chicken writers. And um, George like collaborated on this thing. And it's all about the opening of the Death Star. Mm -hmm. And they treated the Death Star like it was like opening a shopping mall. (laughs) That's funny. it's so funny. It was like one of the funniest (laughs) shows that I've done with seth green and matt and george and loved it and right before it came out the disney sale went through so it never oh, saw the, no. of the day.
2: Dang. man i hope it does someday
3: i hope so too because that like the spirit of star wars has always been the ability for it to like really make fun of itself and be mm-hmm. se- self-deprecating on the outside like george is cool with that you know he's not into like Insulting it, but he really is into like poking fun at all the little things and the yeah. holes and finding the levity in it. So I hope yeah. that tradition continues, you know. And Mel Brooks is just like such a master.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that though, that's also Jedi Temple challenge to me feels like an instance of like leaning into the side of the universe that is, uh has more levity and, you know, is for kids and mm-hmm. for kids and adults, but, but, is has a a brightness to it and a um a humor that i think it's it's cool to explore that aspect of the yeah there's a
3: hope to it you know at Mm -hmm. at the end of the at the end of the day star wars is all about that hope it's that belief in that universal connection it's that Mm -hmm. we can overcome you know the the darkest part of us If we stay true and stay loyal and stay hopeful, you know, Luke Skywalker's journey is all about the hope of redeeming his father. Anakin Skywalker's story is the hope of redeeming himself. And with Jedi Temple Challenge, like we're all sitting there hoping these kids win. Like we're all. Oh boy, are we hoping they win? (laughs) We're just like, please. You know,
2: (laughs) just in the control room, like, come on. (laughs) How old are they?
3: They're between 11 and 14. Oh, okay. And and there are these moments where we're in the control room and then the final challenge, as that's the only kind of timed challenge. And as time is ticking down and they're getting close to like maybe not being able to finish, everybody in the control room was like pins and needles. Like, are they going to? Yeah. And we're like yelling at the screen, like, come on, <laughs> dude, we got get it. Because we, we, oh. we just really want them to succeed you know we yeah. really want them to be something and then the message is like even if you don't succeed all you got to do is go back and get some more training mm-hmm. it's not like all mm-hmm. right sorry padawan but that you know, was
2: it that was your one chance <laughs> don't give up your day job like, <laughs> yeah. see ya yeah,
3: <laughs> you know? yeah. but no That's it's just nice. like you know True. what go Let's back try again get some training and then come back and do this again and then Aww. mary even has a joke was like she was like hey uh master beck how long did it take you to finish the trials and I was like, I'd like to not talk about that right now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So it is about it is about embracing the the possibilities of failing upward and and Mm -hmm. trying and and keeping the hope alive to succeed in time, in your time.
0: You know? I like that. That's nice. Yeah, and I think with our experience, like the watching all these movies, that is something that has stuck out to me that made has given me like you know chills or made me want to cry at certain points in these movies where like they they are have the really hopeful sort Mm -hmm. of or just the feeling of like um being good good versus evil like it's just like it's really nice um yeah but yeah we've learned a lot haven't we nicole we've
1: learned so much and so little all at the same time (laughs) Really Oh
3: my God. Um, is that, we're going to be talking about space balls. I didn't, I felt, I felt we like we talked kind of just, enough yeah, space balls. Do we, we get enough space
0: balls in here? I'm much more interested <laughs> in you meeting Michael Jackson than too. I am and yeah. delving into the. Talk about world space, of space balls.
4: <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, well, is there anything you two would like to promote? Let's talk about where we can watch uh, the Jedi Temple yes. Challenge. Where is that available for everyone?
3: Yeah, where is that, Mary?
2: Where is that? It's uh, you could go to the Star Wars kids website. You can watch the videos there or you can go on the Star Wars kids YouTube channel yes. and the episodes are there and they're totally free and they're up on YouTube and on the website so they would be accessible to more kids. Oh, I love that. No paywall. Yeah, no paywall. That's kids so awesome. all around
3: the world can watch it now. And if you go to my IG page, I usually link to it through my stories and through my profile. Uh, So all you got to do is like go to the stories and swipe up and you'll find the link.
0: Amazing. And is there anything else you guys would like to promote
2: either of you?
3: Um, What? Mary, what are you doing? What's what's happening? Oh, my gosh.
2: (laughs) Um, Well, I'm I'm on another show that's actually also up on YouTube for free. Um, It's uh, on the Comedy Central channel called Robbie. All eight episodes of the first season of Robbie are up. And it's really fun. It's a fun watch. Um, and uh, and that is great. Great. And Mary
1: is so <laughs> funny in it. Like she's Mary, terrible. you were so oh, good in Robbie. So I <laughs> texted you late at night and I was like, I like you on Robbie. <laughs> so yes, people should watch it because you're so good on it. Thank you. Yeah. I haven't
0: gotten to watch That's it awesome. yet and now I'm going to watch it all.
3: I'm going yeah, to watch it Yeah, oh.
0: watch it all. I'm going to consume.
3: Yes, I'm
0: going to consume <laughs> it as well.
1: We are going to uh, read a five-star review. Yes. Uh, five Oof. Star Wars uh, review segment. Okay. Uh, what have you done to me? This is from Liz Wather. Wazer? I don't know. Hating Star Wars has always been a part of my identity. My friends and I famously had a screaming match over how bad the franchise is in a Chinese restaurant on Christmas Day right after seeing Force Awakens in theaters. The other nice Jewish family next to us asked to be moved. (laughs) Now somehow I'm 10 movies deep in the series because of how obsessed I am with this podcast. Nicole and Lauren regularly reduced me to hysterical laughter and tears and occasional shouts of answers to their questions as if they could actually hear me. This podcast has been a true gift and a real treat in quarantine. If you ever do another season, I beg of you to watch Lord of the Rings. Well, yes! That's great. Well, thank Thank you, Liz. That's, this is the perfect time to announce, then, that we will be covering Lord, Lord of the, the Rings. Rings for
0: season two. Oh, nice. And we will, Lord, That's great.
1: I am already devastated. I'm scared. I'm scared.
0: <laughs> I'm so excited. I'm scared. <laughs> I feel um, overwhelmed at the amount of uh, stuff
2: we have to watch. Me, Speaking too. of long movies, those They're are like three hours. and a half hours.
4: Ugh. They're
3: very long.
2: They go by oh. so fast. Yeah. That's like You what guys are gonna say. love
4: it.
3: I have a couple <laughs> Hobbit stories, too.
2: Oh, oh my well, God. You should yeah, come, back come back because.
3: Yeah. yeah. We, I had a couple nights with the Hobbits that ended oh. really interesting. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah, Very yeah. intrigued. Okay. They came over from New Zealand to Australia while we were shooting Attack of the Clones and <gasps> we all hung out. Oh. And it was interesting.
2: Yeah. It interesting. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Inside it was like the Hobbits. Scoop.
3: A couple elves. It was it, it was. it was. Have a, you written a, a book? Nights. This
0: is. I feel wild. like. Yeah. Yeah.
2: You people need to, need to hear book. these
1: stories.
3: Yeah, it was crazy. It was me oh and Natalie my. and a couple hobbits and um, Orlando Bloom. That is such it a funny weird. way okay. to
1: start a story. So it was me, Natalie Portland, Portland, uh, Orlando Bloom, some hobbits <laughs> and elves, <laughs> and, and the elves. hobbits, a couple hobbits and elf or two. Yeah,
3: yeah, we had some nights. <laughs> the Ewok weird. came.
1: Really wow, that fascinating. It was
3: weird. So enjoy <laughs> those movies, ladies. Enjoy those <laughs> well, movies. Thank We're you. We're excited, and we'll
0: be back <laughs> with new episodes later this summer on the same feed. So you can just stay subscribed right where you are, and you'll find us.
1: Yeah. So that's a wrap on this season of newcomers. We want to thank all of our amazing guests who came on, and as uh, we also want to thank Marissa Melnick, Claire Slaughter, Ferris. Munchie and Ryan Rader Raderisma.
0: This is honestly what, is what has this <laughs> has been what has happened the end <laughs> every single episode when Nicole
4: has
3: to say <laughs> any name. <laughs> We've been um, Ahmed Burns, <laughs> and Mary Holler.
4: Humber-
3: Humber- <laughs> it's
1: because it was written out phonetically. But I knew, I knew you were oh, looking at the phonetics and going, "What?" I as I opposed had... to just reading the names, I know. Yeah,
3: those are right. way Mal- more Mal- consonants and names.
0: Claire Slaughter, Ferris Monchi and Ryan Redersma, who helped this season <laughs> and said, helped make it come to life. <laughs> Ryan Mursky There was, there was a moment when i saw that nicole was gonna read that paragraph and i went oh i should have just kept going
3: (laughs) i think you threw like a cue in there i appreciate i
1: appreciate the thought that went into i should keep going and then me just real just going for it hard and wrong
3: you went in oh my god you used to say if you're gonna be wrong be loud and wrong
0: (laughs) that's my mantra yes I love that.
3: (laughs) Very
1: loud and wrong.
0: Well, I just want to say thank you to everyone who's been a guest on this show, and thank you, Nicole, for um, doing this with me because I think it's been it's been so fun and eye opening. We finally got to watch these movies that we've been hearing about our whole lives and it was it couldn't have been
1: a better way to do it than to do it with you so I'm so glad I agree Lauren thank you I think you're a real treat and it's been so nice (laughs) getting to spend time with you even though it It has not in person anymore
0: I know it's been really nice so do you have anything you want to plug on our final episode before we um I think you should watch Lauren on
1: good girls I tried to get a picture of your billboard of the wrong missy on vine But I looped around and then looped around again and somehow missed it twice. And I was like, I need to go live my life. They had already taken it down. They were like, (laughs) next. But yeah, watch Lauren and everything. She's got a Patreon and she's perfect.
0: Oh, and follow Nicole's Patreon and her many other podcasts. So Why Won't You Date Me, Best Friends with such Years Zameda. Um, get her book, Very Fat, Very Brave. Get it from a black-owned bookstore. Yeah. We have posted many links to these things on our on our social medias. And um do it. Like get this book. It's hilarious. I flip through it and just every page is a delight. It is amazing. Thank and every you. picture is beautiful. It's hilarious. Everything you've written in there, the captions are amazing. Everyone needs to get this book. So Thank you all for following us yes, and we'll you. see you later this summer with Lord of the Rings. Oh, and if boy, you've never seen it, then I hope you stick around and ah, see what we time. think.
1: We have said Lord of the Rings. Mary has gotten so excited. <laughs> Just the same Lord of the wait. Rings.
2: <laughs> oh, my God. I can't wait. Oh, my word for word. I can say it word for word.
4: <laughs>
0: like, really? Yeah. Wow. All right. Well, thank you two so much for being on, and we appreciate it so much. Thank you guys so much. Thank you for having us. We'll see you guys later this summer. Bye -bye. Bye bye.
1: Bye. Bye. That was a headgum podcast.